Good morning, church family and friends. And uh, we begin our summer series today. Can you believe that? Now you you can't see uh, here I'm down, but I'm I'm ready to go. I've got my keens on. I've got my shorts on. So um, I'm beginning the summer series, um, uh, feeling like summer. And I I hope that wherever you are, some of you at your cottage, some of you are outdoors today, some of you are at home in the living room or downstairs. I'm just glad that you're with us today. Some of you watch this on Sunday morning. Some of you watch it on Sunday evening or sometime during the week. We're just happy to have you along with us. And this summer, we're doing a series called Long Story Short. We're, we're looking uh, at a selected list of nine Old Testament stories that for some people, you'll be discovering these stories. For others, you'll be rediscovering the stories, but we're going to do it together. And our first story is Adam and Eve and the fall of humankind when sin came into the world. Now, a couple of thoughts about this series. Um, first of all, we believe in the veracity of each story. We believe that it really happened. Uh, as, as the story was read to you earlier before the uh, message this morning, we believe that story. And then, secondly, there are lessons to learn for the whole family from each of the stories. I hope you'll join us each week. Uh, Clara, our children's director, will be doing the same story with the children at 945, and then we'll look at it a little bit more in depth uh, at the 10 o'clock service uh, each week during the summer. You know, in the literature of the ancient uh, Middle East or maybe even uh, just an Eastern thought uh, period, there's no close parallel to the fall narrative of Genesis chapter 3. Uh, and that's not really a surprise if, if you think about it. In, in mythological uh, writings, there really no fall was possible. Uh, the, the pagans uh, believed that man was created evil by evil gods, and so man never, mankind never experienced a, a state of innocence from which to fall from. But the situation is a little bit different in the Bible, right? The fall of man, the spiritual, the moral fall of man from an original state of purity is, is really the overarching theme of the whole biblical doctrine of sin and redemption by Jesus Christ. We see Jesus woven throughout Scripture the 66 books we see, Old Testament and New Testament, that that is very much the theme. And so the, the uh, historical effects of Genesis 3, it's vital for us as believers. Well, let's, let's look at the cast that's in this particular story. There's God, who is the creator. He's father. He, he made humankind uh, in, in his image. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And then down in verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, by the way, um, the first reference to the Trinity that is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We see it there in Genesis chapter 1 where God says, let us make man in our image. He wasn't talking to the angels. He was talking to the triune God. That is uh, 
one God known in three persons. Pat, do you understand the Trinity? No, I don't, but I believe it. And so we see one of the first references for it. And I, I would say that God created man with a soul that had emotions, will, reason. That is being made in the image of God because that's how God is. And I would add, he also made man with the awareness of God um, and through the element of conscience, let's say. Then there's Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, they were first created, uh, the first created human beings. They were what we'd call image bearers of God. And it's interesting that the origin from dust that God uh, breathed man into man, breathed life, where he became a living, sentient being with a soul, an eternal part of him that would live forever. And woman was created from Adam's body, made, um, uh, they were made for fellowship with God. They were innocent and pure. And, and they were tasked with working and caring for God's creation and also for producing new life to populate the earth. And then there is Satan who was in the serpent that's in our story. And let me just say this, Satan is a real person. He, he's not the mascot of evil, you know, wearing red union underwear and horns and a pitchfork and a tail. You know, that's the mascot. Uh, but he's not the mascot of evil. He is evil, a created being. He was thought to have been one of the archangels uh, in charge of worship. Many theologians believe that. But he was the victim of his own rebellion and disobedience, and he hates God, and he hates us, and, and humankind is hated by him because humankind are image bearers of God. And then he hates followers of Jesus. And I want you to see his tactics in this story. They're still being used today. If evil can influence our mind, it will get the rest of us. It'll get our body. It, it'll get our soul and our spirit. It, it, it'll take, uh, it, it will affect our priorities and beliefs and ethics and so forth. So, so Satan uses uh, the serpent in this story, one of the created beings, which pre-fall, before the fall of, of man, before sin, must have been different than how we see serpents today. You know, snakes today uh, have this uh, reputation for being sneaky and cunning. And, and so the serpent, the, the pre-fall version, must have been different looking and acting. And so Satan diabolically uses this animal to, um, to trick Eve and, um, and just shamelessly um, attack mankind in a way that we're still reeling from today. And notice what Satan did. Um, shamelessly, he, he questioned God and, and God's own word. There in chapter three, verse one, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, did God really say that you must not eat the fruit from uh, any of the trees in the garden? How clever was that? He, he not only cast doubt, but he lies to Eve in the process. Wow, did God, did, did mean old God forbid you from all of these fruit trees that are around you? Well, that's not what God said. God said that 
all the fruit trees were available to them except one. And so it's interesting that Satan attacked the character and the goodness of God. Uh, uh, Satan is so sneaky. Uh, he and his minions are a highly effective network in this world. And, and they are evil preying on our brokenness and tries to get us to question God's love and his goodness. Things like, you know, God's word is so old and out of date. You, you don't need to follow it. It's irrelevant. That's a lie from Satan. Uh, we're going to see more about him being a liar in just a moment. Hey, don't you think God wants you to be happy? Go ahead. You deserve to do whatever it is you're thinking about. You, you deserve that person. You deserve to do that, that act. Do you see that? that? That is how Satan works in us today. Oh, you, you got cheated out of that promotion. Where was God then, huh? Or why did your mom die? Why did your granddad die? Why, why did your best friend have to get sick and die? Where was God during all of that time? These are things that Satan uses to get our mind off the goodness and the character of God Almighty. It's one of the oldest tricks in the world, and it still works on us. I want you to see a second thing. There is that uh, Satan is a liar. We saw that in the first part of the verse, but look in verse four there in chapter three. He says, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. Wow, that was just a dastardly thing to say because Eve was saying, well, no, we, we can eat from these trees. We just can't eat from this particular tree that, that is a knowledge of, of good and evil. You know, Jesus reminds us that Satan is a real person and that there is no good in him. Uh, the, the scripture tells us in John chapter 8, verse 44, for you are the children of your father, the devil. He was saying this to a group of people. And you love to do evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. Wow, that's pretty strong. He has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him, Jesus said. When he lies, it's consistent with his character for he's a liar and the father of lies. You see, Satan tells us what we want to hear. And that's the danger of his lying. It's not a one-size-fits-all temptation. Satan weaves his lies for you and me in our situation. And parents, this is why it's so important. Help your children to know how Satan works, that he's not a little imp with horns and a pitchfork, but that he's real, and he hates your kids. And mom, dad, I want to say it again. Satan hates your kids, and he hates your family. This guy is an enemy. He is a, a predator. Uh, the Bible reminds us of this in, in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. And Peter said, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You see, Satan gets us to think that God is holding out on us and, and, what, and that what we deserve to do or what we deserve to have we should go ahead and do it. When we doubt God's goodness and character, it keeps us from loving him, trusting him, and following him. 
That's what happens. And see, the battlefield begins in the mind. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul said, for the weapons of our warfare, spiritual warfare, are not of the flesh, but have divine power to de destroy strongholds. We, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So it's so sad that Eve was sucked into his lies. Uh, it's interesting, the Bible goes on to tell us here about Eve. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it, it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Now look at verse seven. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame. It's the very first time that a human being ever felt shame. And it says they felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. I, I think that maybe the biggest loss in, in growing to adulthood is, is our loss of innocence that in, inevitably comes as we grow older. I love the days when both our sons were young, you know, they were innocent about life and the pitfalls of life. And I think Adam and Eve were, were adults with, with an innocence that God had put into them. It wasn't stupidity on their part. It wasn't even being naive. It, it was just the joy in life and safety in, in knowing that they were cared for and loved by God and that they were in relationship with God the Father but sadly, uh, that was not what they thought they wanted. And that's the third point. They wanted to be God of their life. You know, you, you look at verse six again. The tree was beautiful and the fruit looked delici delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it, gave some to her husband who was with her and, and he ate it too. They purposely disobeyed and rejected what God desired for them to flourish. Be careful wanting to be your own destiny maker. Be careful wanting to do your own thing with no boundaries. Wanting to be, in essence, your own God, to be the boss of your own life. It sounds great. It sounds romantic and adventurous but it, it didn't fare well for Adam and Eve. It doesn't fare well for you and me. And frankly, we're not very good at it. It's really out of our price range because it usually comes with such a high cost that we can't afford it, spiritually or physically. Sadly, some of the greatest effects from the fall of mankind, first of all, there was a loss of desire to even be in relationship with God. Remember, God comes into the garden and he calls out for Adam and Eve, and, and they said, we, we can't come out, we're naked. And, and so God sadly says, oh, who, who told you that you were naked? You ate of the fruit, didn't you? You know, that, that was sad because at that, for the first time, God's creation was seeking to hide from him, did not want to be with him 
didn't want to sojourn with him, did not want to fellowship and be with him. There's another one, shame. The shame of not being enough in their own eyes. Uh, so much so that they covered themselves. What a huge loss. And, and, uh, and the result of Adam, Adam and Eve's disobedience was that now, all through the rest of time, mankind has dealt with shame, not being enough, not feeling like they're enough, not sensing that they're enough. Also, one of the results of the fall came self-defense. They never had to defend themselves before, you know, and, and they, they each passed the buck. You know, when God said, why did you do this? And, and so Eve says, well, it's, it's this serpent that you made. And, and, and Adam, wh why did you, why did you eat the fruit? Well, it's Eve that you, that you created for me. They passed the buck. They tried to blame God. And, um, and sadly, we, we see in this passage that they develop a broken nature. Uh, you know, you, you don't have to teach a child how to pass the buck. You, you don't have to teach a child how to lie or, or how to lose their temper. You, you don't have to teach a child how to steal or, or how to covet. It's very much in our DNA. It's in our nature. The Bible says we fall short of God. Romans chapter three and verse 10, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In effect, um, they missed out on God's blessings. They missed out on how God had created them to be in sync and fellowship with him. And now they had fallen short of all that God had for them, how God had created them. In effect, they were sent out into the world they created by wanting to be their own God. Paradise replaced by wilderness. Ease of life replaced by the hard life of, of uh, a childbirth and that farming would not be easy. It would be a toil. And even the relationship between husband and wife was hampered, it changed. Uh, because they wanted to be their own God. They wanted to be their own destiny maker. But God loved Adam and Eve so much, and he loves us so much. It's interesting in the story, his grace is seen very much so in chapter three, where God um, makes for them clothes out of animal skins. In, in essence, a sacrifice had to be made in order to clothe Adam and Eve. And it was very much a foretelling of, of what Jesus was going to do for us, how that he would be uh, our covering. He would be our substitute. Uh, God uh, cursed Satan at that time. And God promises that a savior would restore man, mankind, humankind to God. And that was found in Jesus. Jesus is God's rescue plan for this broken world to be restored, for humankind to know and love God. And our sin and our brokenness, forgiven and wholeness coming back into our life, bringing peace to this, to this tortured world one soul at a time. Is today your day that, that you would 
bring your shame and your brokenness with all the fear and with all of that, would you come to follow Jesus Christ as your Savior? Right where you are, wherever you are today, is Jesus calling you to be restored? Is Jesus calling you back to himself? Is the Father, he stands there longing for you to come back to him just as he longed for that day that Adam and Eve would be able to. And so, on this very day, this moment, Jesus is calling and he loves you. And our story of Adam and Eve tells us how uh, this world and the shape that it's in and how it's responded, but it also, there's the story of hope and peace and forgiveness that a savior would one day bring and that savior is Jesus. I wonder this morning if God is speaking to you. Is this the day that maybe it all makes sense? Is this the day where you say, okay, Jesus, I turn my life over to you. I want to follow you. I want to serve you. I want you to be the boss of my life. And I bring my sin. I bring my life in brokenness. I can't do anything with it. I'm giving it to you. And I'm trusting you to be my savior. I'm following you with all of my life. Oh friend, that is what salvation is. It is a conscious decision to follow Christ. And I pray that today would be your day. Maybe you're here today and you know the story of Adam and Eve and maybe you've kind of wandered from this powerful story. Maybe you've wandered away and, and today you're rediscovering just how it all started and the importance of what God provided for them, even as they were sent away from the garden and that he made this promise that he would find a way, he, he would have a way for them to come back into his presence. And maybe just lately you've wandered away from walking with him. Maybe you too have hidden yourself from him. Can I tell you, he loves you and he's calling you back into fellowship. He's calling you back into a walk with him. That this is real, this is real stuff. And this is the beginning of it in this story and it still affects us today. And so I invite you to follow Christ, to give your life to him. Or I invite you, maybe you've strayed off the path, to come back and seek him and not hide from him. I hope this has spoken to your heart today as we begin story number one in our series, Long Story Short. And we would love to help you if God is speaking to you, you can respond below and just say, uh, pastor uh, or prayer. And we, we have our staff watching both platforms, Facebook, YouTube, and we would love to respond to you and help and pray with you, walk with you in any way that we can. Maybe you have questions. You could put questions and we'll get back to you and do our best to answer those questions. My email, you'll, you'll see it um, at the end today, Pat at waynefleetbic.com and just reach out by email. I would love to be able to get together with you and, and for us to talk about these things. This is an important matter, a very important subject. I pray that you'll let God speak to your heart. Mom and dad, talk to the kids about this story. There's some great discussion questions for your life group or for you as a family or even individually that you can ponder on that you'll see on Facebook on the church page. 
I pray that you'll let God speak to you today. You are loved and thought of. Hope you're enjoying the summer. God bless you. We love you.